Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is the China Sports Insider Podcast. I am Haig Balian, and as always, next to me is the author of Sporting Superpower. It's the China Sports Insider himself, Mark Dreyer. Mark, hi. Hello. How are you? I'm pretty, pretty good. We are recording this on Wednesday. So the cauldron is going to be lit in two days, yeah. but the actual events start today at the Olympics. That's right. There's some curling events that they kick off this evening, uh, some mixed curling there. And then uh, China's women's hockey team are in action uh, lunchtime tomorrow, so Thursday time. So by the time uh, you are hearing this, perhaps they will have already played their first game. I was walking around yesterday with my family. Yeah. I've got to tell you, there was distinct lack of Olympic spirit. I'm not sure what the word is, but it, you could you, you could be forgiven for not thinking it's the Olympics. It's a strange one. It really is. Um, I've been asked this a lot over the last you know week or two. You'd compare the atmosphere from 2008 to, to, to this year and... There's some obvious factors, you know, first of all, that was the first games. So that was, it was a bigger deal, but it was a summer games. So it, it was a larger event. And of course it was, it was during the summer months. So people were outdoors and partying in the streets, like literally partying in the streets and watching bars and on the events and, and so on. Then you throw in COVID into the mix and it's just a real dampener um, over the whole thing. You know, we saw this in Tokyo, but what that means is that you know, there are no international spectators here. So it doesn't feel like an international sporting event because there's no foreign fans walking around the streets and kind of, you know, waving the flags and, and dressed up in the in the gear. It's also a little bit odd this week because it's Chinese New Week. So people are out and people are kind of happy and, and spending time with families, but they're sort of focused on other things. I do think that the that the on switch will, will, you know, come on like Friday night, people will be tuned into the opening ceremony and then hopefully kind of get the, get the Olympic bug once again. You do see Olympic insignia every day. You walk around. Sure. It's just not everywhere you look yeah. it's not it's not the topic on everyone's lips okay just gonna take a bit of a detour here you mentioned the uh opening ceremony do you do you ever watch the opening ceremonies well i do but more out of duty than anything else yeah, but but, okay. it, but for you know i'm a sports lover but they are the most popular thing the opening ceremony is the most watched event of any olympics that's i mean nuts. people go nuts for this stuff yeah and you know if you go back to uh if you go back to 2008 it's really interesting uh just a little side point there was a video the dvd of the nbc production of that 
opening ceremony was released in China. And all the Chinese thought, oh, NBC actually did a better production. They have additional huh. cameras. So you kind of have like the, the different directors doing their different cuts of the ceremony. Wow. And uh, apparently the, the, you know, the Chinese fans kind of compared the two side by side and thought, well, NBC's better. So it'd be interesting to see whether that happens this time around. I suspect there'll be a few moments in the NBC coverage uh, more on the political side oh, that, that may not make it yeah. into the uh, the Chinese edition of, yeah, yeah. of that broadcast. <laughs> it's, be, it's very different. Uh, but yeah. Time, yeah. But yeah. I mean, look, it's going to be, they've, they've been rehearsing. There was uh, just a couple of nights ago, there yeah. was uh, another full rehearsal and there's been fireworks kind of here, here from where I am about probably about 10, 15 minutes drive away from, from the, the Bird's Nest Stadium. So, you know, the, the excitement is building. Um, I'm speaking to people who are inside the bubble on like you know, multiple times a day. Mm. Um, and so, of course, it's full on for them, but it's just different. Everyone's in the A95 masks and it's pretty uncomfortable. And, you know, it's it's all, you know, tests. I know one person who's who's just flown in. He, he had a delayed arrival because... Uh, because he had a, a you know a positive test of a few weeks ago, he's he's a, he's landed. He's now had a negative and a positive test, so he's kind of in limbo right now. I mean, it's it's stressful. It is stressful. Athletes and officials continue to test positive. Yeah for COVID. Uh, and we knew this was going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So according to the website Inside the Games, in the last week, there have been 67 positive COVID-19 cases. That's athletes and officials. And of course, there's athletes and officials that tested positive outside of China. And, and then they didn't... Who weren't able to travel. There. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or haven't traveled just yet. I just don't know what to make of that number. I don't know if it's a big number, if it's a small number. Well, it sounds fairly big to me. Of course, we don't know how many are athletes and how many are officials. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Thing. Um, there's a, a certain amount of privacy there. So unless an athlete, him or herself, is and publicly announcing it, then we don't know who, who the people are. The, the other thing is they could be on the tail end of an infection. They could yeah. be, you know, they could be getting two negative tests. They could be back in back out of isolation any moment. So that is the rule. If you test negative, uh, two tests in 24 hours, you're allowed back into to the bubble effectively. So so Hopefully, the vast majority of, of the athletes from that number, because, you know, they're, of course, they're the, the priority. Um, sorry, team officials, but, you know, the, the athletes <laughs> no, take we're priority. Here to watch the team <laughs> you know, like, yeah. as long as they yeah. can get back in, then yeah. they're not necessarily ruled out. But there have been some people already who've kind of, you know, have been pulled and, and switched out. You know what? That... Unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. But it has created opportunity for, for new athletes mm-hmm. who are on who are on the outside looking in. They were the first alternate for some of the teams, and they've been swapped in. Desperately disappointing for the original selections, but you know, also a dream come true for for the people who who got a last minute uh, seat on a plane. And I guess this is how the loop was always meant to work. I mean, yeah. this is not a surprise. We know- it is working. I think it's important to say that it is working. They're getting them basically at the airport, exactly, or, or, yeah. or very few kind of during daily screening. But it doesn't feel like there's there's uh, in intra-bubble infections, which is basically the best that could be hoped for. Last week, we mentioned the Chinese men's hockey team was in Tianjin. Yeah. Uh, any update on that? Yeah, so they're all in Beijing. So they, they landed into Tianjin, which is, you know, an hour or so down the road where they were kind of in camp. And they were in, in self-imposed quarantine for a, for a number of days. But now they've, they've been practicing and posting photos of all around the Olympic Village. So, you know, spirits seem pretty high. Women, of course, uh, start in less than 24 hours from the time that we are recording this. So that's pretty exciting. And one of the small details that I will be looking out for when the men play is the uh, obviously the Chinese, the local Chinese players have their Chinese names. The heritage players have been playing in Russia 
with their English names. They've all been given Chinese names. Now, if you're Parker Fu and uh, Spencer Fu, you already have Chinese names, uh, Fu Shui and Fu Shuang. So, so that makes sense. If you're Jeremy Smith or Jake Chelios, you don't, you didn't grow up with a Chinese name. So they've been assigned basically transliterations of their, I love this. Uh, <laughs> of their Chinese name. So it's, it's, I can't even pronounce some of that. They're like, you know, multi-syllable monstrosities, but you know, Jake is Jieke, um, you know, and, and uh, I don't have it in front of me, but Chelios is, 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 you know, it's a long one. Do Do you have a Chinese name? Uh, just marker, but like, you know, yeah. it, it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of, I, I don't really use it. I think, it, I think it's been on a business card here or there, yeah. but, you know, I didn't call myself something, you know, like, uh, well, something a bit more exciting, but this is in, this is in standard, you know, with, with China basically saying, Hey, if you're going to play for us, you're Chinese, you got to play by rules, which is fair enough. We saw it with the soccer players, all the Brazilian soccer players who came in, they all have Chinese names, which is what they're referred to. But it's just, it was very last minute for these, uh, for these heritage players. And some of them don't have Chinese heritage. You've got, you know, a, there's a Russian player playing for the, for the Chinese men's team. So I actually looking to, to find out, there's a little bit of confusion right now. Is their first name because of the order of the Chinese That's names right, versus yeah. the English name? Are they going to have the, the, the GA? Kerr, or the, they're going to have the Jake or the Chelios on the uh, on the back of the jersey. Interesting, <laughs> back of the jersey. But it's going to yeah. be a nightmare for people to track. Commentators are going to be like, yeah. "Okay, so this is. Let me try and read that and pronounce that, and then translate it back to English, and then figure out who the player is." Yeah, it's a bit of a mess, but you know they'll get through it. And a lot of the commentators won't even be here. I have a, a, a good buddy, actually, Canadian friend from from Beijing. Is uh, he's in the bubble, and his dad has come over from Canada. He's a he's a TV director, so he's part of the broadcast crew coming over for for the the Internal Olympic OBS, the Olympic Broadcasting Service. And uh, and my buddy is is a spotter for the hockey, so he's going to be positioned between the penalty boxes during the games, basically just feeding up uh, information. And uh, the reason I mentioned this, it was it was really nice, but he hasn't seen his dad for two and a half years. So his dad came in on an like a middle of the night flight and he waited up in a hotel lobby, saw him at 3.40 a.m. a couple of nights ago. Basically, they were able to wave to each other through a window oh. because his dad had to basically wait for the results of his test. And then he finally got to see him later that morning, you know, when the test results came through and was able to sort of see his dad. So it's kind of like a nice story. <laughs> nice story but That's an amazing story. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool yeah. job that he has, like basically perched between the penalty boxes. So you'll see him. Uh, if you see this, uh, th- this guy, this is like, who's that person? You kind of look, you know, maybe with a headset. Uh, that's my buddy, Liam. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I have a little bit of FOMO here. I'm really bummed. I, I really want to, I'd love to be inside. Oh, the are we talking about tickets now? Are we talking about tickets? A okay. bubble, bubble or tickets? I was talking about the bubble, but we can talk about the tickets. I last... think, you know what? I think you're a reverse Samson. I gave you a little bit of grief yeah. about your beard last week. Yeah. And Honestly, it needs a trim. It needs a trim. Trim the beard. I, clean yourself up, hike, and the energy levels will be through the roof. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be good to go. Look, okay, this isn't beard watch. We can, we can talk about beards if we want to. But like, look, I went to this guy last week. It China was, beard. It was, it, was, it, was, it was not. It was not great. Um, <laughs> but but I, I'm, I, I think I'm persevering. People, I think the people want to hear this. story. I'm persevering. I okay, want to hear so, the story. So, well, it's just it's not really a very interesting story. Uh, my usual guy <laughs> is on holiday. 
for like another two weeks. Nightmare. So I had nightmare. to go nightmare, absolute nightmare. Yeah. It's not, it's, you don't want to go to a bad bad beard guy. I'm not going to put this in. Good story. Good. <laughs> it's, it's not going to go into anything. This is going to be cut completely. <laughs> I I think it's funny. Yeah. I think it's funny. all right. Uh, <laughs> Outtakes and all. <laughs> no. Well, okay. Let's let's forget the tickets right now. But let's talk about. I want to talk about uh, ratings for NBC a yeah. little bit because what I'm reading right now is that NBC is not expecting very high ratings. They didn't get very high ratings in Tokyo. And I think there's a bunch of different reasons for that. Um, it's the time zone. It's also so much sports on right now. Uh, there's the NFL. Tom Brady retiring Yeah, is a bigger story than anything in the Winter Olympics well, right now. Well, remember that, the, remember that NBC has the Super Bowl this year. So they're, they're trying to combine the two things together and that's, cross-promote. So that's true. I understand why they're making these predictions and so on. They're trying to manage some expectations, probably internally and externally. But at the same time, the build-up to an Olympics, and everyone seems to forget this, but it's always the same way. We always focus on the negative stuff. And then as soon as the sporting action you know, comes into full gear, which it will really from Saturday morning, even though there are a few events beforehand, that's when things just kind of take off. Now, yes, these games are different. We talked about that at the top of the show. It, it, it doesn't quite have the festive atmosphere of 2008, for sure, but... I still think I've seen it happen time and time again. Once the games start going, there's so many stories to watch. Fair, fair enough. But I mean, also, there's a lack of stars here. NHL players aren't coming. We've already talked about that. That's going to put a damper on it. Now, the one star that I can think of that I think a lot of people are going to be talking about is Eileen Gu. Now, you were on the Today Show again. They asked you about her. Yeah. Um, what what's, um, What do they want to know? Well, I mean, it, she's now on everyone's radar, I think. Um, she is uh, in line for, for three medals, potentially, if she uh, performs to her potential. Because uh, normally, uh, people will just do slope style and big air, but she also does the, the half pipe. This is in freestyle skiing. Uh, so she is up for for you know, potentially three golds, and because you know we've talked about it before, if people don't know who she is, but you know she grew up in San Francisco to a, an American father and Chinese mother, and switched three years ago to represent China. So that's the whole aspect, and and I've had so many questions about her over the past few weeks. I did a talk about my book to to a bunch of journalists at the end of last week, and it was one of the top topics that everyone wanted to to know about and her nationality and all the kind of the inside things and. You know, it's still a lot of unanswered questions, and I think she's going to be peppered by some non-sporting questions at the press conferences, and she will have to attend them because she's likely to win some medals. So there will be an opportunity where she's sort of, you know, grilled by the, the international media. Some, of course, will, you know, will will want to ask her about her the, the sports, of course, um, but then there'll be others who, who want to talk about other things as well. So here in China, I mean, yeah. I've I, just walking around, I actually haven't seen that much of her like i haven't seen many images of, of eileen goo well i mean hey maybe just clean the glasses a little bit high, <laughs> yeah, maybe, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, i've seen her plenty of places but like i mean she's she's done a lot of work with the fashion brands i mean she's got she's got more than 20 endorsement deals i mean it's insane Amazing. 35 uh, million us dollars per year according to a report in chinese media over the last uh, last few days so, yeah, she is everywhere. And, and the Chinese media, of course, they're going to be building her up because she is, she's almost certain to win a medal of some kind. And China's not going to win that many medals. Speaking of exposure, this time on the Today Show, instead of just one clip, you, you actually had two clips. So that's, this is Yeah, that's right. I was on the Today Show for 12 seconds instead of six. Amazing. So, um, I mean, I don't, I, basically, I'm ready to retire at this point, I think. The amount of uh, attention on Beijing right now. It's, it's just yeah, super it, it, hot right it, now. It, it, it is. I mean, 
I'm, you know, I, I guess I'm in my sort of uh, extended five minutes of fame to a certain extent because, frankly, there aren't too many there aren't too many foreigners uh, in in Beijing or, or in China right now, uh, particularly in this area. I I kind of every morning I I check my uh, my email with with a a mixture of anticipation and a certain amount of dread because there's always another two or three uh, media requests. And I was like, I'm basically spending my entire time on the phone and, and juggling a thousand other things as well at the moment. But uh, it's fun. I mean, this is this is, this is is what we've been building up to for, well, a, a long time. What would you say is the thing that they want, people want to know the most? A lot of comparisons between 2008 um, to, to, to 2022. You know, what kind of constitutes success for China at these games? A fair, fair amount of uh, political stuff and sort of geopolitical context, because I think that is that is what a lot of people are talking about overseas when it comes to China. And and of course, there's a lot of non-sports journalists who are taking an interest in these games, and and they will for, for for a few weeks. And so those kind of questions, they don't have much of a sporting context. They're not really interested in you know who who's going to be China's best uh, uh, biathlon performer, for, <laughs> for example. So um, I guess you know a lot of a lot of the things that that you'd expect. Um, but there's, from my point of view, there's, there's there's a lot of things to talk about. Mark, we we have to talk about this story from a few days ago in the China Daily. So what this masterpiece uh, was was claiming was that basically the U.S. is masterminding this plot that foreign athletes, presumably not just Americans, but uh, will will underperform to somehow take the shine off these games. That was one of the claims. Uh, and they're also going to be behind any um, protest. So from the protest point of view, from the China propaganda point of view, this makes sense because it's like they're preemptively undermining any possible athlete protests or athlete comments by basically saying, well, this is all, uh, you know, masterminded, which is a, a, a typical, it's a very common refrain here uh, amongst the, you know, the, the, the more extreme media. But to basically say that people are going to underperform or even pull out of the games, like why would athletes do that? That doesn't make any sense at all there's a couple of other things i want to mention about this it's it's written by a a political reporter who obviously doesn't know much about sports uh and uh, references sources um he says according to sources um now i reached out to someone that i know at china daily and um despite this piece there are some some good journalists there and uh it was basically told it's it's just it's all bullshit i mean that they were like yeah i they have no idea who these quote sources are like it's just obviously not true like athletes are going to perform badly so then they could say well that's the only reason why china won a medal like first of all china's got to win the medals i mean so there's just so many stretches there uh, it's disappointing that china daily's doing this because they've haven't been the worst offender in the past. I think that's what kind of pisses me off most about this. On the sports side, China Daily have consistently over the years put some really nice feature stories together. Obviously, you know, they're, 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 they're more positive stories, but really good in-depth stories. Um, there's one guy in particular um, who you could probably figure it out. I won't mention his name, but but he is, he is a very good sports reporter with China Daily. He's been there years. Put some really nice pieces out. And so when the kind of the whole thing is sullied with kind of garbage like this... I suppose at this point, what do I expect? You know, like I'm maybe being naive, but um... I've got to tell you, I've, I'm, I don't really read a lot of China Daily in my daily life. It's only when something like this happens and it's sort of on Twitter that it, that it comes to my attention. And yeah, well, yeah, if, if people are really desperate, they can look it up. But otherwise, uh, yeah. don't waste your time. Yeah, don't don't waste your time. One thing I do want to talk about, Mark, is tickets. Because yes. as you remember last week, yes, I mentioned I that I might be 
able to get a couple of tickets. I my, said my recollection was a little bit more certain than that. I was pretty sure you were almost taunting me saying, Haha, you can't <laughs> go because you. you have the wrong vaccinations, <laughs> but I now have tickets. So this was a little bit of a little bit of a reverse, but okay, okay. You've, you've that, that changed, be, you've changed be, the message here. Can, the, continue, continue. Possibly the first time anyone has ever taunted anyone for not having the Sinopharm vaccine, but <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, but moving, moving on. So one thing I didn't realize then, and I know now, is there, there aren't nearly as many tickets as... You thought you were swimming in tickets last I week. I thought we were going to be swimming in Turns tickets. Turns out, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. I thought we'd be swimming in tickets. Fair and enough. secondly, oh man, like the testing uh, is... I mean, if you want to go to more than one, uh, one event, like it's going to be testing basically nonstop every single day. Yes, it is a high bar. It is a high bar. Uh, it was pointed out to me by a listener who reached out last week to say that <laughs> as the uh, co-host of a sports podcast in China... You should probably be able to clear that high bar by by doing a bit of testing. But you know, I understand there are some risks with, you know, if 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 someone in in uh, in the spectators, the the group that you're in, if they test positive and so on, yeah, you could be kind of screwed for a few weeks. Afterwards. You could be screwed for a few weeks. And listen, my family just got back after three weeks of quarantine. Do you have any idea how unhappy they would be with me if I went there? I'm pretty sure they'd kick you out and you'd have to quarantine somewhere else. I probably would. But you probably don't want that. So, okay, it's understandable. It's understandable. Um, You know, each to his own. I guess that I'd probably uh, roll the dice, but... uh, You you would do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, but yeah, I I mean, I do know people who who have been kind of, you know, they have a lot of sort of some of the ceremonies because they're fairly senior senior people. Mm. So they've been invited to all the ceremonies for opening, closing for both Olympics and Paralympics. Yeah. It's basically they're going to spend the next few weeks testing. Yeah. And then monitoring how, you know, and... Unless you're really, really keen, like it uh, at I, some point, it you know. Yeah, I don't mind the testing. The testing's not too onerous. I mean, it's just it's just the risk of getting being around somebody who's positive. It's just it's just too. Yeah, I, I I mean, for me, I like there are cases now in China, but we're still talking, you know, a small handful. But I know, I it's, know, it's it's definitely it's kind of a, an added stress, I think, for everyone. It's Chinese New Year week. I know of another friend who was in Hangzhou recently, and and she came back to Beijing where from she was working in Hangzhou and. Some of the districts in Hangzhou are kind of on lockdown and she was basically hiding out in her Beijing apartment waiting for a call to think like, am I going to get like tagged from the track and trace here? Like, are they going to make me quarantine because I was in the wrong compound at the wrong time? Yeah. So it is a stressful time and it's holiday week and family time. So, um, you know, there's a lot of other things going on. Okay. So here's my pledge. Here's my promise. <laughs> if there is, if there, if there are more tickets that are, that open up, I will jump on it, jump on jump it, on it yeah. and see what I can do. Not one, but two new Olympic anthems to talk about this week. This was brought to my attention by uh, the Wall Street Journal's Jonathan Chang. This one has a rap from CBREV, which according to Wikipedia is a Chinese government-sponsored gangster rap group whose first single describes Western journalists as media punk-ass white trash fuckers. Nice. Nice. Welcome uh, you know, to Beijing. Well, you know what the song's the song's okay. I have to say, because the, there's another one we'll talk about in a second. The the production quality is okay. They can sing. Yeah. It's pretty polished. I've lost count of the number of of you know quote official Olympic anthems yeah. they've been, but that is one of the better ones. Four out of ten. Oh no, I'd give it a good six and a half. Really? Yeah. Really. I mean, for me, it takes a sting out of losing Joni Mitchell and Neil Young from Spotify. I think this is. <laughs> It's it's pretty good. It's a stretch to connect the connect those things, but I lo- I love your your handle on current affairs. Uh, there is another one though that, yeah, I, yeah, that okay. I spotted this week, yeah. and 
I don't know if listeners remember, but several weeks ago, I think it was end of last year, in fact, the uh, Xinhua uh, Sports Department here kind of roped together some of their foreign copy editors and some of their their Chinese staff and put out this Welcome to Beijing song, which was a, a remake of a previous song or at least a tune. This has now been remade again by the Chinese gymnastics team. Okay, let's hear a couple of seconds of this because you have to hear it, first okay. of all. So there's a couple of obvious problems. Now, number one, I feel sorry. I feel really sorry for, for, for these gymnasts because they're Chinese gymnasts. Why are they singing in English when they clearly don't speak English? Like, like who's put them in this position? The other thing, a little bit harsh, they're not great singers either. So, like, like who thought this would be a good idea? Um, like I said, I feel sorry for them. It's just like, like there are other options out there. Sing in Chinese. Like, like it's absolutely fine. It's the Chinese Olympics. Sing something they like. My point, who is this for? Yeah, also, also. Like, what is the intention? Well, you know who it's for. It's for the Chinese bosses for someone to say, we did this in English because this will reach, uh, you know, the millions of overseas viewers and this will tell China's stories better. No, it won't. No, it hasn't. It isn't telling China's story better at all. So please, uh, look, I love the fact that they're being patriotic and supporting the games, but I think there are better ways to do it. All right, moving moving on to like our one non-Olympic story, China's disastrous World Cup qualifying campaign is... Thankfully, almost over, and it's hard to imagine things getting any worse. Yeah, this is the uh, the men's soccer team. The men's and, soccer team. Um, yeah, it absolutely blew up the Chinese internet uh, last night. I mean, everyone was posting about this, but group inactive groups. I mean, that that you know haven't had messages for months and months. People were posting videos, and it, and it was like I think at this point, so so they lost to Vietnam three one. They scored deep into injury time, so it was three zero for the longest time. Um, it was 2-0 very early on in the first half. So it was just disastrous from start to finish. Uh, and and Vietnam, by the way, was the one team in their group that... Yeah, China, China thought, well, they, we de- you know, we can kind of bank on, on, on a win, three points against them. So, yeah, it was yeah, just, just not good. A lot of people are at home, so a lot of people were watching uh, because it's the holiday week. And so I think that's why it kind of got more attention, even though we knew that the qualification campaign was over. So I guess the head coach wasn't the problem. Is that what we were learning? <laughs> yeah. So they they changed the head coach a few weeks ago because, well, it's complicated. But um, you can't just change a coach and expect the, the players to, to be magically better. You can expect them, I think, to perform better than that against a team as bad as Vietnam. However... I think Chinese football fans right now, they've moved through the anger and the despair in it. And it's almost kind of, you know, I saw one person, a soccer fan, she was like, this is just amusing at this point. It's like, how bad, how how low can China go? It's like, it turns out um, a little bit lower. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because they have two games left against yeah. Saudi Arabia and Oman. And really, they could be the, oh, yeah. the worst team in this group. Yes. I mean, people, were like, people have said to me, oh, don't worry, because 2026, when the World Cup uh, expands and there are a significant number of more places for Asian teams, it's not a given for sure that China will qualify. They're going to really need to seriously play much, much better than this. They did well, I suppose. Um, you know, I was trying to find the positive, desperately digging deep here. But it, they did well to qualify for the, this, the final stage of qualifying. Um, you know, so that was something, but it's been disastrous. It really has. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about the issues with uh, Chinese football, we did talk to Rowan Simons. We went really, really deep into some of the issues there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is the show this week. (laughs) 
<laughs> Next week, we're gonna have actual sports. We're gonna have results. We're gonna have reactions and maybe a special guest or two. Uh, you can and should follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and really anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we're gonna be back next week. Come on, keep on trying. Time for us to shine.